You're listening to Queer Travel Chat by Two Bad Tourists. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. My name is your host. Uh, my name is your host. <laughs> this is our first episode of our podcast. My name is not host. My name is Austin. I am one of your co-hosts of Queer Travel Chat, uh, part of Two Bad Tourists, and I'm joined here uh, with David. Yay, I'm your other host. I'm David. Um, so this is our first episode. Welcome. I think we're both a little nervous, but we're going to do this. I'm excited. We are nervous, but look, I'm actually really excited. We have six live listeners to the show, which is awesome. Um, I was expecting maybe zero. So that's six more than I thought. Yeah, good. So this is our first episode. Uh, so, uh, what we're going to be talking about today is our favorite topic ourselves. Uh, we're gonna talk- <laughs> Isn't our favorite uh, subject travel? I mean, it should be, but it's also ourselves. Okay, okay. Um, we can have more than one. So we're going to talk about um, who we are, how we met, um, what we're doing now, how we got started in travel, and especially because this is a travel podcast, we're going to talk about why the LGBT community is an important segment to uh, the tourism industry. Yeah, and why the heck we're even starting a podcast, actually. Yes. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar with this platform, uh, Queer Travel Chat is available ex- available exclusively on Colin. Uh, Colin is a new social podcasting app. They started in September, and basically, you can think of it a little bit like a live radio show. Um, so, we're doing this show live. You can call in uh, live to the show, and if at any point you actually have a question, in the bottom right hand corner, you can click the uh, the phone icon, and you can actually add yourself to the caller queue and we'll take uh, a moment to ask questions and have conversations with you guys, our listeners during the show. So please feel free to do that at any point. Is that available to them already now? That's available to anyone at any point. You can do it now. Um, And also another thing in the bottom right hand corner, you'll see the thumbs up icon. So basically you can click that at any time. That's like a, Hey, we like what you said. Or if you don't like what we said, I think if you hold that down, there's actually some other uh, fun uh, emojis and icons that you can send. So you can engage with us uh, at any point live during the show. Some things you can expect from our podcast. Uh, we're, we have a lot of ideas, so we're super excited about them. Um, we're going to talk about some destinations. Of course, it's a travel podcast. We'll talk about uh, how LGBT friendly they are, or maybe they're not, um, some of our favorite places to go, et cetera. We're really excited to talk to LGBT friendly or LGBT owned businesses in travel, um, other bloggers as well, uh, some events. We love traveling for events, so we're hoping to be able to record some episodes while we're at an event or while we're at a particular destination. Yeah, definitely. And some personal stories, our personal stories, other people's personal travel stories uh, within the LGBT community. Yeah, I think that's what's really cool about this platform is it lets us do a live show. So if we're on a gay cruise or we're in Puerto Rico or we're in India, we can literally just come to you live from any destination. Or like today, we're not at any particularly cool destination. We're in my apartment Oh, well, but we are uh, in Madrid, Madrid, which is a cool destination. Definitely. But we are just at your house. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the idea. Um, the, the plan for this show is, if everything goes well, we'll be doing weekly shows from now through at least July. And for now, we're planning to do them every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central European time, which is 1 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and if you're in another part of the globe, do the math. I'm not really sure. (laughs) Um, But that's the idea. So we want to do them live. They might change a little bit. We'll see what kind of the engagement is like, but that's the plan. Uh, That's the plan so far. And if you uh, like what you're listening to, please subscribe.
subscribe to our channel on uh, Colin. Also on social media, we're always at Two Bad Tourists, and you can find us on all the social media platforms. Do you want to tell them our our sponsors? Oh, right. So <laughs> before we get into our episode, we're going to have a few words from our sponsor. Who's that? Uh, our sponsor is ourselves, Two Bad Tourists. Of course. So we don't it's actually a have it. Yeah, a shameless plug. Yeah. So we don't actually have a real sponsor, but um, we do want to tell you guys a little bit about um, our hosted trips for 2022. So um, we actually have three hosted trips this year, which means that we basically sell uh, a trip to Spain, to Croatia, and to Greece. So in May we're going to Barcelona and Sitges. In June we're doing a gay sailing trip to Greece, and in August we're doing a gay sailing trip to Croatia. Um, so we've actually been doing the gay sailing trips since 2018 and they're like one of our favorite trips. Yeah, one of our favorite trips to go on every year. That's so fun to be sailing around in the boat and, and meeting new people. It's so easy because like the first day you don't really know anyone. You're like that first hour like, oh, this is awkward. Who are you? And then by the end of the day, you've made friends with everyone and you're about to spend seven days sailing around. It's one of our favorites. Yeah. So the whole idea is, you know, we started this doing once a year, but now we, we really kind of want to expand this. And the idea is that they're gay group trips, right? So um, you can come with a friend, you can come with your partner, or uh, we actually get a lot of guests that come solo. And it's just a good way to meet people. If maybe you don't have people to travel with, it's a really easy way to, to meet people. So if you're ever interested in joining one of these trips this year, just visit our website, twobadtourist.com. And we have lots of information uh, about those three, three trips. So thank you to our sponsor for uh, those <laughs> so words kind that we didn't pay tourist. for. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Let's talk about um, how we got started. So uh, we were together for 12 years. We're not together anymore, but... Just so, so we have to come out as broken up and yes. not a couple because a lot of people don't actually realize this. And we constantly have that to do this, exactly. right? That's why we're starting out that way. Yeah. Um, but we're still close friends and travel companions. And, Just close friends? And, and like best, best friends. friends family. <laughs> right, and right. Uh, we have this business together. So um, we're still very much a part of each other's lives and uh, are even traveling more now together than before so yeah we have yeah more opportunities which is great um so how we met we met in college we're from arizona so we met in college uh in in phoenix 2005 i think it was 2005 and then um we were at uh college there and then austin got an opportunity to to move to chicago with his work so we were very excited to get the hell out of arizona yeah. and we were living in chicago for f almost four years right uh almost three years just, yeah, just under three years. Oh, I always say four. Anyway, so uh, we were in Chicago. We loved Chicago. Chicago is a fantastic city. Five um, five months of the year only. And, the rest of the month is like a winter, a winter blizzard. Storm. We are from a desert, so that was that was really hard to be in the winter there. Yeah. It's fun when the first the first snow happens, but after that, it's it's rough. So our plan after Chicago was to go to San Diego because mm. it was in Arizona, but it was close enough to our family, about six hours. If we had gone to San Diego, we would be a six-hour drive yeah. to see our family. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea is we kind of wanted to... We love Chicago, but we wanted to change. We wanted to change. We couldn't be there forever because of the weather, we, right? Yeah, we wanted a warmer place, and we wanted to be closer to Right, family. so we knew that we were going to quit our jobs Yes, to, to relocate to the West Coast. Yeah, so in order... I mean, since you have to quit your jobs and start over anyway, that's how we came up with the idea to actually take 
a trip. I don't remember exactly. I think, I think it was. I think the idea started with you actually because I, do, like, I think trip, yeah, right? I think you said okay before we move to San Diego, let's take a month and go do a volunteer trip because you had done some of those before. Yeah, I was studying in Chicago when we did a, a volunteer trip to Belize. That's kind of how I started traveling was doing volunteer trips through uh, my school from a university. So I uh, wanted to do that. And, and I didn't, and you, didn't <laughs> and you decided that we should travel for like six months. Yeah. Yeah. And then it eventually, it turned into a year. It turned into a year. Um, I, so basically at the time I, I had just started a master's degree and basically the, it was a two years master's degree and I had to stay at my job for one more year following my graduation because they paid for it. Um, so if I left early, I'd have to pay it back. So at 366 days after graduating, I quit my job. Um, but basically we knew this plan almost three years in advance. So we, for three years, we saved up, um, as much money as we could so that we could quit our jobs and literally travel for a year. But I mean, I had only started working. I was probably about a year and a half out of college. I think after I graduated, maybe two, about a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, I was maybe longer, what, probably um, six years? But then you planned the year-round trip. Um, do you want to mention how you did that with Miles, right? You. Yeah, so basically at the time, uh, in, when we first lived in Phoenix, U.S. Airways was, I think they're part of American Airlines now, but, but basically I got this credit card and there was this like 50,000-point bonus and I was like, okay, I suddenly got all these miles and then I was traveling some for work and I was like, well, this is really cool, like, you can save these miles and go to like really cool places. And so I started doing a bunch of research and started following a bunch of blogs and long story short, we ended up buying two round the world trip plane tickets, which basically over the course of 11 months stopped in, I think 10 or 12 countries. And we literally only paid $300 a piece for each of those two tickets plus 200,000 miles. Yeah, that which, was all on you. That was yeah, all the miles. Yeah, so I had kind of done all this like research that you did. Yeah, point churning and um, different things to basically find a way to travel the world, do this round the world trip without actually like spending a lot of money on the flights because all the money we had saved up actually had to go to, you know, like ground transportation and uh, accommodations and food, right? Because we didn't really have any income during that uh, month. So uh, that was that was kind of the whole, uh, that's how we got started. On yeah, so that's really the start of Too Bad Tourists is uh, that trip. We decided to to start our blog really uh, for two reasons, to to stay in contact with our family so that they could know what we were up to at any given moment during our, our year trip. And also it's kind of just like a, a, a memory, a record of, of our yeah. trip for ourselves so it could all be in one place. Right. I mean, you describe it that way. I always say we started our blog to let our, mom, our moms know we weren't dead. Like literally because our moms, more than anyone, were always like texting us and like they were worried. And I was like, mom, okay, just just read our blog. If we don't post anything for a couple of days, we're probably dead. But as long as we keep posting, then just stop sending me messages every day. Cause this is, we're going to, this is going to get really old after a year checking up on me. But do you remember what we also talked about? Wouldn't this be cool if like we actually made a, you know, a business out of this and it was <laughs> successful. We like, that was a dream. I remember, uh, the first time we ever earned money on the blog, I think it was 2000. Gosh, I would think it was early 2013 maybe the end of 2012 we earned 13 cents on a banner ad and i was like 
the light bulb went off in my head. I was like, wow, maybe this can be like a real thing. Like we can start a, a business out of this. And I'll tell you, we're going on actually 10 years and it's still a struggle. <laughs> oh yeah. Did we even mention that? Yet? No, we haven't. Was, no, we haven't. This is our... So tell them the big news, which actually was by coincidence, not planned. Yeah. This is a great timing for our, our podcast debut because it is our 10 year blog anniversary. Yeah. So uh, it was actually in January of 2012 that we first published our first blog post, um, and it was about about booking our airline. It was. It was because I think I think in January that week in January we we had actually booked those round the world trips, which I think it started in Mexico, went went over to Europe, I think Italy, then it left from Portugal, went down to Ghana. I think from there we went to Ethiopia, then we went to India, Thailand, Japan. Then we stopped in Arizona again for the holidays. And then I think we went down to South America. I want to say Peru, then down to Chile, then Argentina. Oh my God, I cannot believe you remember oh my that God. in detail. The way I it's tell David, it is... We were... I, I spent 18 months planning these flight <laughs> details. I always say we were in Central America, then Europe, then Africa, then Asia, no, no, no. then South America. Yeah, and... I remember. I remember I spent so much yeah. of my time. I probably That's... should have been... Uh, working at the office, I was like doing <laughs> research for my. I, know you did. I, know that I did not. <laughs> um, so, so while we were traveling, uh, we met bloggers. That's how we um, kind of got advice. That's how we made that. It was thirteen cents. The it's, thirteen cents. Well, <laughs> <laughs> because we met other travel bloggers uh, along the way, and they kind of just gave us advice about what they were doing with their blogs and how they were making them successful. Yeah, how to turn it into more than just a personal journal, um, and then. When we actually first started our blog uh, in January, it wasn't even called Too Bad Tourist, but after this like revelation of earning 13 cents on a banner ad, I think it was November. I remember it now. It was November 2012. We were in India, in the north, in the that, Himalayas, yeah. in a city called Rishikesh. Which is beautiful. Which is beautiful. Um, and we basically said, okay, let's do something with this. And we said, we're going to create like a real blog with a real name. And so... We locked ourselves in this hotel room in India for three days and basically just did everything. We came up with the name, which um, for, I good, had great for, better, ideas. for better or for worse, we're too bad to I rest. still stand by Journey Legs. <laughs> I think that's a great name. We came up with a lot of stupid <laughs> names. You might argue too bad tourists is a stupid name. I mean, maybe it, it does represent us. But you know what? It's a brand at this point. It's our brand. We're sticking by it. Uh, but I remember, yeah, we created all the social media uh channels and handles we we created our like website domain hosting and everything in these three days um and we kind of transitioned it from this personal blog into uh, a new sort of travel website. website yeah and so the name too bad tourist too came from the fact that while we were traveling we realized there was just a lot of pressure to go see particular sites like if you're in um paris is always my example if you go to paris um you know of course you have to go see the eiffel tower and uh you know of course a lot of that is true but when we were traveling for so long sometimes we just wanted to lay around in the hotel room and we would waste time in in a city and didn't really go see everything or we went out and partied all night i will and remember hungover. i will never forget the week we spent in berlin yeah we did and did nothing the only thing we did is we went out to a club called berghain so if you're familiar with berlin it's like you know one it. of the <laughs> most, most famous not even just gay clubs because it's kind of a mixed club um and we managed to get in and we were there till god knows how early late in the morning the next day 
and we were hungover the next day and just slept. And then we, I think we did laundry. Like literally that's all we did we <laughs> for a week in Berlin. <laughs> Berlin but. but yeah, that's the point is like, we were just trying to enjoy ourselves as well as uh, enjoying the cities that we were in. And so I, too bad tourists was just kind of our way of being like, we're going to travel, but we're going to do it our way. And we're maybe not be the best tourist that goes and sees everything because that's honestly exhausting. Yeah. Yep, and we, that was never our sort of style of travel. So that's basically everything how we got started. Did I miss anything? Do I don't think? think so, but maybe this is a good time to uh, to let you guys, your listeners know here in the audience, if you have any questions or want to join the caller queue or want to say something live on our show. Um, You're welcome to Yeah, call you can in. do it at any time. You can call in. Just click the icon uh, at the bottom right-hand corner, the, the phone icon. Um, and if you do, we'll see you we'll pop up into the caller queue and we'll, um, we'll answer your questions. If not, we'll keep talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll just keep going. <laughs> I, I got more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I think that's about everything about how we got Yeah, started. unless we missed something big, but we'll get back to yeah. it. Why I don't mean, we talk sure about... things will come up. So, why don't we talk about what we're doing now? Yeah, exactly. Ten years later. Exactly. Well, we didn't... So how did we end up in Madrid? Okay. You know? Yeah. So let's, let's hit that point. So we, after our year long trip, we wanted to go, um, we wanted to learn Spanish because Spanish is very useful. In Back the US. You wanted to learn Spanish. Oh yeah. It was always <laughs> my dream to learn Spanish. <laughs> I just you went along with it. I said, okay, you asked me like, do you want to go live in a place for what, like three or six months and learn Spanish? And I was yeah. like, sure. What the hell? I don't care. So we decided it had to be a Spanish speaking city a big city because we like big cities so it was like buenos aires uh mexico city or madrid madrid won simply just because you know we're travel bloggers and it's very easy to travel to different countries within europe within europe um or even near europe yeah and um uh, so yeah like for example Argen- like i really like buenos aires and argentina but it's so far away from anything i mean even to get to like some of the major big cities in brazil or in chile it's like you know, a four-hour plane ride, and it's and it's expensive, expensive. to travel in South America. Yes. So, whereas Europe, so, you can find you can literally find flights for like ten euros round trip. It's ridiculously cheap. Um, so, so we decided on yeah. Madrid. That was we kind did. of an easy pick, um, but it wasn't meant to be permanent at all. <laughs> so I was going to say. So I think we decided six months, and then we decided a year, and then after a year, when we realized we didn't speak Spanish. <laughs> We were like, well, maybe we should stay because <laughs> I didn't speak Spanish. Yeah, no, after I didn't a year. speak Spanish after a year. Um, and then we also just fell in love with the city yeah. um, and, and the we country. We met really cool people, and just I, I feel more at home here than any place I've ever lived. Exactly, actually, as a foreigner, which yeah. is weird. And ironically, I literally we both just got our permanent residency uh, this past year, and I picked up my ID card yesterday, which is my permanent residency yeah. that I don't have to renew Cheers for five us. years. So. Um, Cheers to that. That was, yeah, that was eight years to get that. So we've been here yeah. about eight years. So um, that's how we ended up in Madrid. What have we been doing since then? Um, of course, we have our blog. We've both done the blog, you know, part-time the past um, kind of, 10 years. Yeah, kind of on and off. We've both kind of done more and less just depending yeah. on what sort of side gigs or even full-time jobs we have going at any given time. So in order to, to move to Spain... Um, we had to have a, a residency, a residency permit. So I got a job as an English teacher, which was never something I had been particularly interested in, uh, but it was the only way to really live and work in Spain. But then once I started, I kind of realized uh, that I enjoyed it. I was good at it. And so I've been doing that ever since. Um, right now I'm an online English teacher to adults uh, part-time and then part-time the blog. And do you? 
So, well, what's actually funny is both David and I applied to be English teachers. I, I think I, I forget I the story for you. Yeah. He applied for me because I was like, Oh, I don't want to do oh, that. Yeah, we got, but um, we literally both got accepted, but I got a position in Madrid and David got one in Ibiza or something. Yeah. Or the Balearic Islands. The I think it was Palma de Mallorca. Yeah, I don't so. even remember. So long story short, coincidentally, the, um, the job who had paid for my master's that I quit after 366 days of graduating. I still had actually a really good relationship with that at the time because I worked for them for like 12 years. Um, and so I was working for them. It was an engineering company and I was doing that for like, for like the first three years we were here. So I chose that over the English teaching, which, which I'm still great decision. <laughs> yeah, English teaching's not for not me. David thing. enjoys it. Um, but then that kind of sort of naturally faded out. And then I started doing more, um, kind of marketing consulting and working more with, uh, our website and our blog. And then about five years ago, it'll be five years ago in March. I think I started working for an organization, um, called the international LGBTQ plus travel association or IGLTA for short, which you'll come to learn more about, uh, cause we actually have a guest speaker, um, on our episode on Friday. Uh, one of my colleagues uh, with IGLTA. And in fact, uh, one of our, uh, I see one of our, uh, one of my colleagues is listening in live too from IGLTA. So that's awesome. So basically at IGLTA, I mean, in short, uh, our, our mission as an organization, we're a nonprofit. It's really just to make tourism accessible for the entire LGBT community globally. So I always kind of describe it as like, you got a thumbs up. Yay. <laughs> so basically I, I I know this is kind of funny, but like the day that IGLTA it becomes obsolete is like the day that LGBT rights has come far enough that our organization is not needed anymore. But that's so kind of the goal. It's kind of the goal is to obsolete your organization, which is silly, but but it's true. But so you know, because if you think about it, there's probably more than seventy countries today where uh, being gay or being LGBT is actually illegal, and more than ten where you can actually be punished. Uh, very severely, uh, even with the death penalty. So that's the that's the work that that we do at IGLTA, and and I do the marketing for them. So um, mostly online marketing, very similar to what what we do with the blog, which is how I even got qualified for that job, which is weird because yeah. I studied engineering, I didn't study marketing, but now I'm a professional marketer. Yeah, neither of us are working in in what we studied, but we've kind of just found our way um, for the past ten years to yeah. where we are, which is awesome to be here. So um, that's, you know, our whole story. So enough about us kind of now to what the podcast is really about is uh, LGBT travel. Yeah. So yeah. We to... Well, exactly. So the idea is we're not going to talk about ourselves every episode. I mean, but, I could. But we did, we I did could think the episode. very first episode might be a good idea to just introduce you uh, to who we are, even though all of you listening might actually know us through our blog or some other uh, way. Um, but we actually have kind of, I hope, a cool plan for our weekly podcast yeah. series, right? So we'll have a kind of mini topic uh, today, which I'm going to kind of lean on you, Austin, for is just talking about um, why the LGBT community is such an important segment for tourism. And since this is, you know, although we both do the blog, this is right up your alley with IGLTA. Why is it, Austin? So I'm happy to take this question, David, because <laughs> I identify as a professional gay. You are, or an unprofessional gay. As an unprofessional gay. But uh, I say that because my, my job is gay, literally. My blog is gay, my job is gay. Uh, and you're gay. And I'm gay, so I'm a professional gay. But, but yeah, in all seriousness, when people who maybe work within tourism but aren't 
LGBT uh, ask me like, what, what do you do? Why do you have this LGBT focused blog or why do you work for IGLTA or what's, why is it important that the LGBT segment is like treated differently, right? Because you sort of think like, well, shouldn't they be treated the same? And yeah, equality is the ultimate goal. But the reality is we do not have equality right now, um, unfortunately, um, you know, thanks to homophobia and the 70 plus countries where it is illegal to be gay. But even in the countries where uh, we have same sex marriage, you know, there's not always tolerance, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes there's homophobia. I mean, we live in Spain, which is one of the most gay friendly places in the world. Madrid is probably one of the most gay-friendly capital cities I've ever seen. And we occasionally get, you know, homophobia attacks, right? Like, it happens. Yeah, and I'm going to interrupt you here and just say, like, you know, during the Around the World trip for that year, I two things. I think, one, I felt very lucky to be a gay couple in the sense that we were not necessarily obviously gay walking down the street and we were two men. So, because we've seen how women can be treated in in different countries. So you're saying you're not obviously gay. I'm saying if I don't open my mouth, okay. I'm not obviously gay. I'm, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, do know I, I mean, saying. in that case, I was like, oh, I'm not worried. Like, if you go off on your own. You're talking about passing, right? The, passing yeah. is straight, right? So we, it's, just, just, it's a privilege that we can actually go to a place like this and and not – and the people, locals, don't immediately I'm, think we're I'm gay, also talking right? about you know, just being a man and so, you know, for true. a woman yeah, traveling yeah. alone in, in different areas of the world is going to be a lot more – dangerous yeah. and i remember thinking if you went off on your own somewhere i was like he'll be fine right um one that was one thing but then two on a negative side remember when we were in ghana and we got a we checked into a hotel and we had a, a we had a shared bed a shared bed and the person at the front desk was you know checking if we wanted to have two separate beds but it wasn't even checking he actually forced us to get a room that had separate beds that was more expensive so mm-hmm. he was like no no you can't share this room mm-hmm. this room is like for a family or for a straight couple. And we even told him like, no, we don't mind sharing, like yeah. pretending that we were like, cousins or I don't know, friends. And he's like, no, you need to pay for extra money for this, sh- this room that has separate beds. But in the end we got the shared bed, didn't we? No, no, Wait, no. We, oh we had to pay extra oh and, and have the, you know, quote unquote non-gay room. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of one of, you know, that reason right there is, you know, when you're traveling, knowing how to accommodate your LGBT, <clears throat> Uh, tourists is is an important thing. Yeah, and and so yeah, back to back to kind of what I always say about LGBT tourism is look, LGBT people, LGBTQ plus AI, two spirited, whatever the acronym you want to use, or just we'll say queer because the name of our show is Queer Travel Chat because we you know we want to try to cover as many parts of the LGBT rainbow as we can, but really we all want the same thing when we go on holiday or on a vacation, right? Basically, we just all want to have a good time. We want to visit a cool destination, whether it's, you know, historic sites or gastronomy or just a beach vacation. We just want to have fun and we just want to enjoy, right? But the problem is, obviously, with intolerance of LGBTQ people or homophobia, our community faces issues with safety and with just being welcome, right? So safety is very clearly obvious in the 70 plus countries where we're not particularly welcome, which we're actually going to have a completely separate podcast episode on that later in the year, uh, talking about whether you should travel to anti-gay countries or not, which I think will be a good episode. Um, so, so yeah, controversial, I think. Um, but the other part is even in gay friendly places like Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Berlin, London, right? Not everyone is particularly welcoming or tolerant of the LGBT community. And so even though we go and visit those places, 
safety may not be a concern, but you, you, you just want to feel welcome, right? Nobody wants to travel to a place where they're not welcome, right? So that, in a nutshell, is why... And LGBT tourism is, is such an important. And that's factor. not even touching on trans travelers, non-binary travelers, uh, which I we mean, want to do in a totally separate episode because that deserves its time and, and space. And that's just you know to give a general idea, absolutely, of the safety issues. Um, but on a positive note, the money, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> so let's talk about the money because the reality is a lot of times I think LGBT tolerance and acceptance. I think oftentimes maybe a commercial benefit is a good catalyst for people giving things a chance, right? So um, I think the fact that, you know, we have these 70 countries where it's not necessarily legal to be gay, like, I think as more and more LGBT people who do feel comfortable going to those destinations can actually demonstrate that we're a, a really powerful segment of the tourism market, I think it can actually start to change hearts and minds because, you know, honestly, tourism organizations like anyone else, you know, they just need to make a living. And the reality is the LGBT community is really, really powerful financially when it comes to travel. And I'll give you a couple of statistics, which are number one, LGBT people and couples tend to have less families than their straight counterparts. So, so two gay men for obvious reasons, we can't just get knocked up. <laughs> uh, obviously women, couple, uh, you know, lesbian women maybe have it a little bit easier, but when you look at the numbers, we tend to have less kids, which actually means that we have more flexibility, more freedom to travel whenever we want. We're not stuck with sort of school year type vacations that uh, straight families with kids tend to be, um, uh, they tend to follow. I mean, there's exceptions, right? Because there are more and more LGBTQ plus families these course, days, which yes. is awesome. But, looking, but, at but looking at the numbers, the stats, that's the fact. We have less families, which we have means we have more money to travel. And I think we're just more adventurous, right? So the fact of having to come out, the fact of having to tell your families, you know, this big secret kind of gives us more courage, I think. And I think it just gives us more courage to travel to places that other people wouldn't, like maybe leaving your home country. So, for example, in the United States, LGBT people are way, 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 I forget the statistic, but like 70% more likely to have a passport than uh, non-LGBTQ people. What's it, 70%? I, I, it's, 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 it's a really, really big number. Like, So it kind of tells international markets that, wow, the U.S., which is actually one of the largest outbound, outgoing market to visit countries, is, is actually a really, really good target. Uh, the LGBT community is a good target um, for international travel, right? So, you know, it's not, things obviously shouldn't always be about money, but, you know, we live in a capitalistic society for the most part. So if we can somehow yeah, leverage, talks, yeah. yeah, the fact that money talks and the fact demonstrate financially through business that, you know, if you are a tourism business in a place that's maybe not known for being welcoming, you know, maybe we're not talking about Ghana or Saudi Arabia or places, but I don't know, you know, maybe places in North Africa or places in Latin America where maybe they're a little more tolerant. If you can open your doors to the LGBT community and just simply be tolerant, 
I think you can have a business case to create change little by little as as you welcome more LGBT tourists and just see that we're just normal people. You right? also mentioned something to me about the like the LGBT community returning to travel faster after the pandemic. Would yeah, yeah, yeah. That? So this is really interesting. So True. at IGLTA, we did a study um, in 2020 and in 2021. So so basically, one of the things that we actually knew in our organization, a lot of my colleagues knew, but without data, was that LGBT people tend to be the first people that start traveling after like a crisis or oh, so like not just catastrophic things. No. So, so for example, when, when 9-11 happened in the United States, uh, airplanes were grounded for weeks and weeks and people just stopped traveling, right? Very similar to the lockdowns recently. And after routes opened up again, people were really hesitant to travel because, you know, five planes or whatever got hijacked four or five, but the LGBT community was a lot more courageous and just started traveling faster. And the same thing happened after SARS and the same thing is happening, uh, after, you know, post COVID. And we actually did a survey and we got actually real statistics to show that the LGBT community just is more likely when you ask them questions and compare it to their straight counterparts, are they going to be traveling this year? Are they going to be waiting? LGBT people are just more courageous and they're just more willing to, to do it. Um, I think there's a lot of maybe reasons behind it. You know, maybe it's because we don't have an entire family to worry about the same way. And, you know, when you have kids, maybe you're just more protective. Maybe it's because we're more courageous. Maybe sure it's, it's, yeah, maybe it's the what, like, maybe it's the like, factor. fuck you statement. Like I'm going to go because I can. And, you know, I've been told no enough in my life. I don't know who knows, but that that's really kind of the, that's the reality of the situation. But, um, I've been talking enough, so I'm going to turn this back to David. I don't know if there's any calling questions. Any listeners want to ask a question? Please feel free to call in. If not, we'll we'll tell you a little bit about what's coming up. Yeah. So that is our uh, first episode. So let's talk about um, what we are going to be doing coming up. So on Friday, uh, actually starting tomorrow is uh, Fee Tour, which is um, an annual tourism fair in Madrid, and uh, we're going to be both going on Friday, right? Correct. So there we're going to be talking to uh, Austin's co-worker from IGLTA, Clark. He's the VP of Global Partnerships uh, with IGLTA. And we're going to talk to him about the tourism industry and LGBTQ media and um, some other travel trade shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the plan for Friday. So um, it's really early for the U.S. It's 10 a.m. European time, so it's 4 a.m. Eastern. So You'll either be asleep or if you're on the West Coast, maybe just going to bed. But you can listen to the podcast later. If we didn't mention it, all of these live shows will be saved after the fact and edited and saved as a traditional podcast. So if you can't join live on Friday, it'll be available a few days later. So if you're not awake at 4 a.m. with insomnia, (laughs) then uh, you can catch it another time. But I'm excited because that'll be a, you know, one of our... um, on location. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a special episode because we're normally going to do them Tuesdays, but because V Tour is happening and they have a big LGBT section, which is dedicated to LGBT tourism, we thought it'd be cool to be uh, on location to kind of talk about what's going on. And there. then uh, next week, a week from today, we'll be talking to our good friend, uh, Stevie Tran, who will talk to us about uh, trans travel and her um, work in, in, um, she's going to be like an ambassador with IGLT. So she, she's a uh, part of the trans advisory council. So Stevie's a longtime friend. She's a trans woman. She's an LGBT family lawyer. She's an advocate. She's just and a really cool person, but she's, she a, travels a internationally as well. So she a lot. talks about her experience and the trans experience in general. 
about what she knows. And she's going to share that with us, which I'm excited for that conversation. I am too. Um, okay. Is that that's it? what's coming up. Yeah. We're wrapping we up. We're going it. on 36 minutes. Our first show. I stumbled over my words in the first <laughs> welcome in the first sentence, which we can't edit out, but you know, that's part of it, right? We're going to edit it out. We can edit it out, right? Oh, I guess we can. We totally can. We'll, we'll see what we happens. <laughs> well, live is live though. So the yeah. people heard it. You got our six listeners. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you liked our show again, you can uh, subscribe to us on Collins. So you can get notifications of when our next uh, episodes are coming. Um, again, on social media, we're always at Too Bad Tourists, so you can follow us there. If you uh, want to also leave us a comment on our podcast episodes on Colin or on our social media channels, we'd be super interested to know what you liked or what you want to hear more of to give us uh, more ideas. We're super excited uh, about all the episodes to come. Definitely. And I just want to thank, uh, now we have four listeners, but I saw at some point we had six or seven. So thank you guys so much for coming in live for our show. You were all a little bit shy to ask questions, but that's fine. We're a little bit shy to do the podcast, <laughs> but I think we're going to have more Did confidence it. and we're going to do it good. Oh, yeah. So thank you very much uh, for our first debut episode of Queer Travel Chat. We will be back with you on Friday and then the following Tuesday. So until then, safe travels. Ciao. Thank you.